I knew that I wanted to do more as a creative. And that's when Clever was born. Welcome to the Corpreneur Podcast. I'm Ann Arvizu, and I'm inviting you to hop on the fast track from corporate to freedom. Freedom. Executive experience combined with the mindset of successful entrepreneurship will leave you unstoppable. Unstoppable. This content will help you become centered, open, resilient, and energized. energized. So you can build your business, balance your life, and leave your legacy. Ready to unleash your core power? Let's go. Hello, Corpreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is your host, Anne Arvizu, founder and creator of the Corpreneur brand and the Corpreneur podcast. This episode today is sponsored by RXCR Communications and the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And I want to say thank you to our many listeners and to those who have gotten in touch with me this past month saying that they love the show. Thank you. I Love it. I love your input. I love your feedback. I'm going to give a shout out today to Jessie Ty, who left us a great five-star review on Apple Podcasts. She says, this is a much-needed podcast and brings a much-needed outlook to business and entrepreneurship. Her positive energy flows from every episode and always leaves me feeling inspired. Ugh. Thank you, Jesse. It's words like these that keep me going and keep me inspired in service to you. Another way I decided to be of service to you is by creating a Facebook group. There have been so many people connecting with me and texting me and, you know, in messaging me on LinkedIn, etc. And I wish I had a twin just to have FaceTime with you or calls with you but I can't with so many people, especially around the world. So I'd love to do some live Q&As with you in our new Facebook group. We created a Facebook group a little while ago called Corpreneur Connect. Some of you might already be in the group. And I thank you for those first handful of pioneers who are in our Corpreneur Connect group. This is the first time I'm actually publicly announcing it and we're actually going to begin to use it. So please join us over there on Facebook, go to groups and find Corpreneur Connect. And I think that there might be a question or two that my team put in there that you have to answer. And I can't wait to see you over there. I will start doing some live teaching over there in November and I'll bring guests on also once we figure out the technology eventually, you know, when we learn how to use it. So can't wait for that. So for today, for today's message, I think you know by now that I love my industry, love being a pharmacist, love the pharma and biotech industry that I've been in for 23 years. And I love that I've been able to transition basically sideways in my industry, stay in my industry and serve that industry to its highest good as the owner and founder of RxCR. I really believe that entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leaders driven by, now get this, the right skill set the right mindset, and the right value set behind it are the keys to the next decade of how we do business globally. I believe in it so much and I feel it down to my bones that I want to tell you about it and others. So in 2020, I released a book called Affluent Minds. And in that book, there's three parts. And I described these three attributes in depth in the three parts of the book. 
The first part of the book is mindset, etc. Later this year, I'll host a free masterclass over three days discussing this because it's so critically important. And I really feel called in this phase of my life to start to teach what I know. We need all of these things in 2020. We need skill set, mindset, value set. It's not good enough anymore just to have a skill set, be a great pharmacist, or be best at what you do. What you do is one-third, maybe even less. Our value set brings us the resilience that we can use and utilize during the hard times, because if not, the skill set will wane. And our mindset picks us back up when we're really down and out. I listen for these three things in a person when I speak with people. And our guest today exemplifies all three. She's a corpreneur. So let me ask you, is business hard? Well, yes, but not if you're human. Let me explain. If you are two humans working together, a person working with a person, that's even better. A client may be with their mentor in D2C fashion or direct-to-consumer or a big business working with a service provider in B2B fashion. There's one thing for sure in 2020. We're not a D or a C. We're not a B or a B. We're a person with a person. And that means we have to do things better and we have to care about individuals. I've been through some ugly times in business, but I've gotten through them. Our guest today, Shannon Gabor, has two. And she is going to get really real with me in our conversation. You're going to love it. There's nothing I love more than putting two smart heads with softened hearts together. I think that's who we were today. And I really resonated with her. I wish you could have been a fly on the wall in our pre-recording conversation, as well as in our post-recording conversation. It's so fun for me as a host, a radio host, who's really connecting with great leaders out there at a very high level who are operating at that high level to just talk openly. And sometimes those big golden nuggets that come up, they're going to be in the blog post, but they didn't make it into the recording. I'm like, oh, Shannon, I wish you would have said that in the show. Or, oh my gosh, you have to say that again. Or, wow, that was great. For me, it just lit up my heart today to talk with this powerhouse. And it's fun. You're going to hear that word in the show. She calls me a powerhouse and she calls you a powerhouse. That's a big word in my household, by the way, between my husband and I. My husband's a physician in the pharmaceutical industry. I'm a PharmD in the pharmaceutical industry. And, you know, we've always used that word powerhouse. But what is a powerhouse, really, but something that recharges and refreshes others? In one of our priceless unrecorded conversations, Shannon said that this year and in this year, smiling is an act of bravery. Ah, breathe that in for a second. Have you ever felt like you needed to put the smile on to go back into work on Monday? Take that in for a second, especially if you're a leader, because that's what we're going to talk about today. The fact that 2020 has been pretty hard. And yes, we've rose above 
But in any given year, business is hard in general. In this year, smiling is an act of bravery. Shannon says and agrees that we are at a very interesting inflection point with the way we do business. And it's going to change how we do business. We think it's really never going to be the same in many ways. I know people want a return to some kind of normal, but this is going to take a while. You know it's going to go into next year, don't you? And yes, people, are, especially in the U.S., are, we're getting going, we're moving, we're traveling, we're, we're working, we're going back to work, kids are going back to school, but we're still in the middle of a pandemic. We still have an election coming up, at least at this recording, and we still have things to do. We talked about the new era that we're in, as I mentioned in episode one. Go back and listen to that episode. That was before we even knew about COVID-19. So without further ado, let me start talking about who is this elusive Shannon that I keep talking about? Well, I'll admit it. She's my new BFF because everybody I really connect with and who passes through our vetting process for coming on the Corpreneur podcast and whom I welcome into the fold of becoming a Corpreneur. They're sort of like my new by default BFFs. Because when you're a people person and a relationship builder and an entrepreneur and a businesswoman like me and a healthcare professional that loves people and wants to do no harm, but actually wants to help everybody get better, get well, do better, do more, live longer, then you, you tend to collect people that resonate with you. If you've heard the expression, iron sharpens iron, that's what I'm talking about today. So I'm pleased to add Shannon to our wisdom collective that we're bringing to you on the Corpreneur podcast. Shannon is the entrepreneurial spirit behind Clever Creative. Shannon and I crossed paths way long ago. We just didn't know it. We crossed paths when I moved from California to the Northeast, and then when she moved from the Northeast to California. We might not have known it at the time, but we were flying right by each other. And then recently, we just crossed paths again, this time with some intentionality on her team's part. And in the show, you'll hear the story of how it makes me so happy that I'm smiling all over again. Shannon graduated from the University of Southern California and started working in communications and the communications industry in her career at first with Burger King and then 7-Eleven. And then finally she joined Mattel. Yes, that Mattel, the big one that makes all the toys. You're going to hear about that. She worked on global packaging design and some worldwide licensing. So no little jobs, some big jobs. So we'll talk about that as some of her past. And then when she knew she just had to leave to become an entrepreneur and how she did it. How she just jumped. She literally made the leap from corporate to freedom. Like, you know, like on my website, we have the corporate to freedom checklist. And I give you a little 10 step checklist for how to quit your day job and make your leap to time and money freedom. I talk about how you need awareness and create a commitment to change and build a bridge and build your team under you and put your stake in the ground and gather your support team and create a successor and do all these things. I mean, you can get the checklist and, and walk through it yourself. But Shannon just leapt and she says she found her, her wings on the way down. I love that. I did that too, actually. 
I'm just trying to make it easier for people. But it's so funny when I hear and meet people that have done something very similar of how they created their business. So if you are on the brink of, I'm going to start something, please understand you can find your wings on the way down too. But there's a way to do it a little bit smarter and that's okay too by putting mentors in your life like me, like Shannon, like others, like whoever that you come across on your path that's the right person for you. I think that this conversation is really going to be helpful to you because you know, she did all this work with these great companies. Shannon worked on global packaging, worldwide licensing, like I said, and then she became an entrepreneur. And yes, although she found her wings, she's going to get really vulnerable and she's going to talk about one of those soul-crushing experiences and bank-draining experiences that she's had as an entrepreneur. And it just opened up my heart because I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when we went through something like that too. Even with those experiences, she's done more than just build another agency. She advocates for the human connection in branding. She's going to talk about that today. She's taken her company Clever from a backyard office to an award-winning and full-service branding agency that's proudly supporting big, iconic brands like Warner Brothers, Tastemade, Starbucks, Netflix, and others by finding new and exciting ways to champion unexpected results that delight. We've even been in discussion about a vitamin supplement that I formulated and would like to produce. And I'll be talking with her company about the brand and brand challenge and brand uh, initiatives around that. Business isn't easy. You need partners. But when you lead from your core and you're guided by a vision that's greater than you, it can be and will be worth the setbacks that take you to finally make the leap from corporate to freedom. I say this all the time when someone builds a multi-million dollar company, don't be so impressed yet. They're not bringing in the bank. They're not shopping every weekend at Neiman Marcus. They have broken past that still elusive seven-figure mark that everyone so highly prizes these days. But people have to realize it's not take-home pay. It's hard to maintain even basic profit margins, 10%. That's a really, really good year. And in a year like 2020, you're lucky to break even or take a loss and still keep your staff. So for those profit margins, those are not automatically something that's your get-rich-quick scheme. When you start a business, it's because you really care. And when there is money left over at the end of the year, a good business owner like Shannon, like me, we talked about how we reinvest in our business to help it grow and sustain. And let's just say, employee, maybe you're an employee, maybe you're a nurse that makes $70,000, $80,000, or even $100,000 a year in a company or a hospital. What's really behind that is a company's paying about $250,000 for you because that company pays for the bills to keep the lights on in the offices. It pays software that you use. It pays your hardware, your computers. It pays taxes. And did I mention taxes? Then it'll pay some more taxes and employment taxes. There's a lot of taxes. <laughs> so, and then you get your paycheck and you pay some taxes. And then we get like a, a notice in the mail that says a few years later, oh, one of your out-of-state employees, you have not been paying those taxes. I'm like, great, this is fabulous. 
So companies pay a lot more for employees than just the wages that they earn. So that really says a lot for the companies that we work for, the companies that hire us as entrepreneurs, and for being an entrepreneur. Because when you start off as a team of one and then start to finally launch and grow your business and then hire staff, and then you finally decide that this is the year I really scale, you'll do it with a lot of prayer and a little luck or with lots of luck and a little prayer. You'll figure that formula out for yourself depending on what your belief system is. And then you'll jump into entrepreneurship. You'll find your wings on the way down. You'll get on your knees when you need to. And you'll be grateful for every contract you get. And your staff will be grateful that they work for you. Nelson Mandela says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Shannon and I talk about how things are different this year. It required some bravery this year when dealing with clients. And there are many similarities that we share across two very different industries. And we even talk about two different types of CMOs that we work with, chief medical officers on my end, chief marketing officers on her end. And there's so much that we can learn across sectors of business and from other industries that we can apply across healthcare. So without further ado, let's get to the core of a few main issues that I wanted to bring up today on the topic of branding and why that's important. There's a lot of silly noise on the internet about what branding is and why it is a success skill, truly, for individuals and corporations. You'll get a real insight of what it looks like to brand yourself, your department, your organization, or your company as a whole. And for me, that helps drive the value of your business. So join us in our conversation today, and I hope it serves you to your highest good. Shannon, welcome to the Corpreneur Podcast today. It's so great having you. Thank you very much, Anne, for having me. I'm very excited to be here. You're welcome. Oh my goodness. Corpreneurs, you're in for a treat today. You know, you just heard the intro. I just sang Shannon's praises. And a lot of times, you know, I lead into my conversation saying, join us in progress. This is really a join us in progress. I mean, we didn't like stop full sentence, but this was one of those pre-conversations before this podcast that, oh my gosh, the fire was coming down. And I'm like, we got to actually record this today. (laughs) Like this was really, really good. I think you're in for such a treat because everyone needs to brand themselves. And Branding is so important that I love having Shannon Gabor, who's the founder and CEO of Clever Creative, on the show today, because we're going to be talking about no matter where you are as a corpreneur, whether you've already quit your day job and you started your own company, right? And you're doing it from your core because you absolutely love what you do. You have, you feel like you're on fire, you have a mission, you have a purpose, and you're going for it full throttle. Or maybe you're a corporate entrepreneur and you're that entrepreneurial type that, man, you have to find a way in the types of budgets that constrain you to kind of get your vision passed. You got to get those business cases done. You've got to, you've got to, you know, talk to the right people. You've got to sort of break out of the shell or the, the confines of the pharmacy or the hospital or the medical affairs department that you're in. 
um, or wherever you're listening to this from. And sometimes that even happens in your own company when you have still that corporate mindset because you've left a company, you're really good at X, Y, Z. Like you're really good at dot, 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 being an accountant or being an expert at what you do, but you've really not been able to get all those big ideas out of your head for that thing you really want to create or for that winning company or product that you you can envision. And you're in that stage where, oh my gosh, am I going to die with the music in me kind of thing? Because nobody's really getting what you're talking about. You know, they're not really picking up what you're laying down. And so part of that is harnessing the creative that we all have and branding ourselves, thinking about what that looks like. And so, Shannon, why don't you just start with uh, telling our listeners your story? Because I love the fact that you used to work with Barbie. Yes, I did. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, my story, you know, I, I always intro myself that I'm a creative, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm a saleswoman. And I am the founder of an incredible agency here in Los Angeles. But for me, I was born with a crayon in my hand, Anne. And <laughs> I grew up in Jersey. I was born in New York City, but really raised in New Jersey, Northern Jersey. But I really came into my own as a designer and an entrepreneur here in Los Angeles, where I have always believed anything is really possible. Mm-hmm. But if I had to connect some dots between like where I am today physically, emotionally, professionally, it really started, I think, back where I was studying my undergrad at USC. I always tell this funny story. I always found myself with my blue hair, my nose ring, my <laughs> skateboard, rushing from one side of the campus, from the, you know, the fine art and design complex through to the business school to take an econ class. Mm-hmm. And even then, I didn't realize it then, but even then, I believe is where I was trying to discover the connection between creativity and business. So the first 10 years of my career, I leaned very heavily on building myself as a creative. Went down the traditional creative track, worked at an agency, cut my creative teeth, ordering sandwiches and art supplies, and really understanding the inner workings of how agencies were running accounts. That first entry into that advertising agency world was actually working on Burger King, kids meal account. And that's when I went and learned about promotions and intellectual property. And I worked a lot of entertainment studios, but I was constantly intrigued by like how brands express themselves, despite what the content was. Mm. And I knew that working in an agency model at the time was exciting, exhilarating, passionate. Mm -hmm. You know, it was long hours, but fun. But I was also early in my career, age-wise, intelligence-wise, I was a sponge. And I I don't want to say I was as clairvoyant as I thought I would be at that point, but Mm -hmm. I didn't think that I could sustain that career model. I saw, you know, I had always and, and have, and now I do, have always wanted to be a mom. And I am a mother of two children. I have a daughter and a son and I'm married happily and and blessed with so many things. But Mm. I really didn't think or believe that I could have what I have today if I continued down the trajectory of what advertising looked like. And if I wanted to punch through some walls and really excel and evolve and get, you know, to a place and a stance that I felt my creativity 
you know, was valued, I didn't know how I could have that other personal side of my life. So I decided to really go from agency to brand side. And I went to Mattel mm-hmm. and I worked on Barbie as an in-house <laughs> creative and packaging design and licensing. So I went from Whoppers to Barbie, but no, she doesn't eat them. Um, and that's where I really learned at Mattel the power of how brands speak and behave. And that probably feels like a great segue into kind of the art and conversation of what branding is. Yep. And maybe I'll pause there, but that's really how I got to Mattel. I spent five years there. And then my, as you say, obviously, within the context of how you started the Corepreneur podcast, which by the way, I brought to my PR team is on my wish list that I would love to be on this podcast. And here I am. So thank you for that opportunity. But you talked about that corporate freedom, that leap, right? So my leap happened out of Mattel and it was purely based on the fact that I wanted more. I I didn't feel like there was enough there for me, not as a company or support to me. They were an incredible organization to be employed by. And I have still a lot of friends there and I still work with them as a consultant now. But at the time, I knew that I wanted to do more as a creative. And that's when Clever was born. That's fantastic. Shannon, yeah, let, let's go right into that segue. Like mm-hmm. you said, I don't even want to stop the momentum or the flow. Let's yeah. really talk about what is a brand. And let me just set this up real quick is that, for example, at one point in my pharmaceutical career, when I put my business on hold, I go back into the industry and I mm-hmm. took like the the team that had the lowest scores in terms of trust across medical affairs. And that team was, they, they were not going to move. The company was relocating. Mm. None of the team decided to move. Mm. And I had to, you know, run the ship and get everything done with possibly mm. little to no team as they were leaving and then build up this new team. Then I also had to build up the value of that team, which I did. It went from number 11 to number one and number two, because then I had two teams under Mm. me and two different departments. And the whole thing came about because I believe, and this is how I've run things as an Mm. entrepreneur and still do in branding. And how are you showing up? Mm -hmm. And don't just show up, perform. Mm -hmm. You know, what colors are you using? Everything, because Mm -hmm. this, this speaks to you. And how can you position a company or a department or mm-hmm. an individual on your team. If you're trying to get a team member and you're trying to get them a, you know, maybe a position higher in the company or a level over or something, you want to position them as who they are. You want to, you want to market them, mm-hmm. right? How do you market yourself? And that's been one of the secrets to my success. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so much more than maybe a product that can come to you. I bet you can mm-hmm. give us some business experience and business insight for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the most important thing to learn to understand about branding is twofold, good and bad. Our world has utilized that, or at least at least I'll say like even you know within our markets that we have a purview into or POV into, branding has become a household word. Okay, so I'll start there. Mm-hmm. Everybody uses Branding. I love that brand. That branding so great. My mother, who's like from the Bronx, she's a fiery <laughs> Latina lady, is like, oh, I love the branding of that cracker. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, you know, in the market. And she's like in her early 70s and did not grow up in the industry mm-hmm. that I am, you know, I have found my career in. So the fact that my mother uses that in her expression of how she sees something on a shelf is 
great and not great, meaning it's great because people recognize the efficacy of branding. The Mm -hmm. not great is people then start to define it as they see it and they think it. So when we work on a professional conversation with a new brand client, you know, et cetera, inquiry, I have to start with like what they're coming into the conversation with understanding the definition of brand. So a brand identity isn't a logo only, right? A brand Mm -hmm. identity is in fact the way you identify and articulate a set of core principles Mm. to clarify to an external and an internal audience how and why and what all the things you do, you make, you serve. It is your articulation of why you exist. And it is a verbal and a visual expression. So it's not just color and a logo. And that's an important clarifying piece, I think, for this conversation. That's huge. And it goes right down to our core in corepreneur. Mm -hmm. What makes you light up inside? What gets you centered, open, resilient, energized? Who or what is at the center of all you do? Mm -hmm. So in medical affairs, for example, in business, the patient is the center of all we do. Almost every pharmaceutical company says that. And then somewhere along the line, right, people get jaded in industries because they think, oh, I think the shareholders are the center of all we do, right? Mm -hmm. And then how can now that patient have trust in the company Mm -hmm. or have trust in anything? Like, look at the pandemic, right? They're walking into a CVS. Mm -hmm. In the very beginning of the pandemic, was that pharmacist happy to be there without proper PPE, without plexiglass screens up because they were deemed essential and they had to go in anyway. There we come with this conundrum of people helping people. And then Mm -hmm. a lot of women also, gosh, we run so many things. Like before our call, we were chatting and you're talking about, yeah, last night I listened to one of your podcasts, Anne, and Mm -hmm. and I have my daughter running around at my son. Like Mm -hmm. we all have so many things on our plates Mm -hmm. at all times. So how can that transition to how personally we can kind of elevate our knowledge of how we show up or how we brand ourselves, if you will. Mm -hmm. Well, I think like who we show up is equally as important to who we serve in our careers, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I think that I typically like to utilize this bit of word pairings that I have chosen in my career development over the years. And for me, my motto has always come down to tapping into my human metrics. And we're seeing a lot of the word human being used in particularly the discipline that I have built my career and business on. Brands are now being forced to be human. But if we take that mirror and we flip it towards ourselves in the morning or we reset ourselves, I think what I've recognized is we all have incredibly beautiful characteristics of who we are as people. And our human metrics sometimes get overlooked. And when I define a human metric, Anne, what Mm -hmm. I'm saying is, it is what wakes me up in the morning. What are the things that make Shannon Gabor, Shannon Gabor? Because I think oftentimes entrepreneurs, because, you know, I think you and I are very similar in that we may have started with a team of one ourselves and we grew ourselves and we bootstrapped our businesses. And others became mentors and colleagues and peers. And then clients became peers and friends and repeat business and loyalty and all that. But at the end of the day, 
an entrepreneur typically has to be very internally reflective. And I think that that's how, when I began, I really started to think about, am I trying to be myself or am I trying to put this new entrepreneur label on Shannon Gabor? Mm. So when I started to look at how to develop, I had a business, but I had no clients in the very beginning. (laughs) That's just the reality. I'm like, I'm going to leave Mattel, stability and a paycheck, to go create this thing <laughs> that is slightly defined, but also not formally defined. And, you know, I was 28 years old. I probably was like, you know, kid in a candy store thinking I can do this better. There was a lot of intelligence behind what I what I did believe I could do better. But the reality, you know, black and white, I had no clients. So I really had to think about what was my difference? What was my point of difference? What did I have to offer a person who I got on a call with or a new client that I was pitching? So I soon realized that the things that I love to do became ways for me to build relationships. Mm-hmm. And those relationships became my clients. So I always tell the story of like, I literally drove off of Mattel. I called to someone who I had known was at a studio here in Los Angeles, an entertainment studio. He had known me from the very beginning parts of my career. We both had grown up professionally and become successful in, you know, our own definitions of what that was at that point. And I realized that like, I just needed to get some work. So I called him and he said, great, I have a small project for you. And it was a PowerPoint deck for a Mm. new film. (laughs) And I did the film project and it was like a $900 PowerPoint deck and it served the purposes of getting some work right out of the gate. And then I started to realize what his needs were. And it wasn't just a PowerPoint deck. Mm -hmm. It was like, I could see him getting frazzled before Wednesday meeting when he had to report trends in the marketplace. I knew that he loved birthdays and champagne, and I knew that he loved sweets. So I literally started to realize that like, I love to bake. I love Mm -hmm. gifting. I am like, and like, I love like Oprah's favorite things version. Like I love (laughs) gifting to people. I don't need to receive. I love watching someone's face light up when you gift somebody something. And so I started to realize all these things were part of who I was. So I started to bake muffins for our Monday status meeting. And I discovered he had a sweet tooth. And then I started to realize I could make your trend reports like a lot more visually stimulating with infographics so you could shine in those meetings. And I started to do that on Tuesdays for him. And then for his birthday, I made a custom Vuv Clicquot label for Mm. a bottle and he still has it in his office. It has his name on it. And he started to realize that like, you tap into who you are as a person and those become tools for you to develop your business. And so I'm not saying go make muffins, but I'm asking people to say, what is the power of my personal brand that can start to create relationships and allow that brand experience of myself to really grow my business or start to identify where my genius is. So I think when you tap into who you are, like being human never lets you down. And these versions of being human could really deliver things within your business. So I think your personal brand is super important because it could be both a revenue stream opportunity. It could be a relationship driven networking opportunity, but also people want to be around people who are real in the boardroom, in the kitchen, in the supermarket aisle, wherever. That's what we all desire. And we're seeing that more so in this pandemic. Like that's an inflection point for brands to really tap into that right now. It's so true. And for me, relationships in my company, RXCR Communications, it's the key 
and only way mm-hmm. I've really ever gotten business. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done, we've done the gamut just as I'm sure you have, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've gone to the trade shows, we've had the booth and mm-hmm. we've, we've collected the business cards. We've done all the things that we've needed to do. Yeah. Built the CRM, do an email blast campaign. Yeah. We've built it. Yeah. Yeah. We've done all of it, but the only thing that really has been over the years since 2002 in ups and downs of different mm-hmm. markets and economies, like, you know, the crash of 2008 yeah. and even in the crash of 2020, which we've mm-hmm. had, right. We've had, we've had a bit of a dip this year and, mm-hmm. but nothing, nothing will outshine the relationship. People will remember you mm-hmm. and they will say, Hmm, that would be a good partner to call or mm-hmm. your name came up or mm-hmm. I wanted my you know, PR people to reach out to you because I heard you because of this. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to either form that relationship or say, now it's time because Mm -hmm. relationships are really built on trust when they're Mm -hmm. real and Mm -hmm. they're built on harmonious values. And at the very core is where your values lie. And in your work, you have these are the values I value, right? These are Mm -hmm. the values of this company that I work for or work with, right? Mm -hmm if you're working with them, like we Mm -hmm. are. And here's my values. And Mm -hmm. those two need to be in sync. Totally. Or our personal wheel and our business wheel is completely off. Totally. I tell people all the time, Anne, that your human tools to delivering a brand experience are always yourself, Mm -hmm. your brand, and your customer. Mm -hmm. Those are it. And if you don't put yourself on that list, my friend, you're (laughs) shortchanging yourself. You have so much potential to market, to bring awareness to your brand, to, you know, just to accelerate confidence and growth. You are a powerhouse within your own brand and business and don't shortchange that. Right. For sure. Right. And, you know, Shannon, we always go through uh, the stuff of life, right? Mm -hmm. I have a framework for personal business and life success. and, And one of the things I have in it is, okay, here's your finances, your service, your career, your relationships. When you're an entrepreneur, career, relationships, finances, it all kind of goes together. It's Mm -hmm. like one big part of the pie, right? Then then there's your social life, your cognitive, your health, your personal. What are you doing to take care of yourself? And then there's the stuff, the stuff Mm -hmm. that happens, the interruptions, the crisis, the time wasters, the unexpected events, the naysayers around you. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the real Shannon. Like, What was a time when you went through a hard time in your business? What did you tap into and how did you keep going? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's probably helpful for people to hear that right now, because Mm -hmm. I think with all empathy, we're all going through so much, right? And I think if we can all stand in solidarity and recognize that we have to have some mutual respect and understanding that we're all probably, you know, I don't think we're overworked right now. I've been telling my team we're overextended. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a major difference about being overworked and overextended. Yep because we all, our lives look so different right now. Regardless if there are kids in the mix, you're married, not married, you have a pet, you don't have a pet, it doesn't matter. (laughs) We all are overextended and we have to remain true to the keeping care of ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally. For me, the two areas that kind of stand out and at Clever during this 15 years, which is crazy that I've been running this business, one was definitely a financial impact of the business. So the client that I had mentioned earlier, the Vuv Cluco and Muffins studio mm-hmm. client, I grew that business from 
$900 PowerPoint to an $8 million business over a span of time within Clever. And very proud of that. Very much, you know, demonstrates my hustle. Yep. But also my intelligence on how to do that. And I truly did do that by relationship building, by serving him in areas he felt supported by, etc. Well, that entertainment studio recently went through an acquisition and the acquisition finalized two years ago. So March Mm -hmm. of 2018, I'm sorry, no, one year, 2019, Mm -hmm. March, 2019. And when that happened, you know, every entrepreneur, every business owner, we understand the need to diversify client base from not putting all our eggs in one basket to in my world, one CMO leaves a brand and then they automatically bring in their preferred agency. So I have to be thoughtful about being strategic, right? Of diversifying our clientele. But that client was 14 years, you know, and I didn't see the acquisition coming. I don't blame myself for having a lot of eggs in one basket, so to speak, but it made up about, you know, more than half of our revenue. And he, out of his control, had to reduce spend. And when an acquisition becomes that large, it was a very large acquisition between a communications global (laughs) brand and an entertainment studio in Los Angeles. Their first cuts were like outside external costs, use internal, like everything has to be bottom line. And, you know, what was great on a Monday turned out not so great on a Wednesday. And within two days, we lost a significant amount of business. Mm -hmm. And been there. (laughs) Right, right. And so, you know, I think it's the truth that no matter what scale that account is for any business or person listening to this podcast, it hurts. And you can either, you know, I allow myself, Anne, to absorb the truth, whether it's have an extra glass of wine or some tears on the couch <laughs> yeah, or a gratitude journal or a list, or even just talking to my Very husband, yeah. you know, or my daughter's 11, you know, in this pandemic, she's seeing what mom goes through in business too, mm. visually, because I'm not hiding. <laughs> I'm in a small home office next to her classroom in, you know, in the house classroom. So I let myself go through that acceptance. And, you know, at first it's denial, it's fear you know, and I would, I would really allow people welcome that, right? Because the only way to come out of change into awareness and innovation, which is always my North star out of hard times in my business, I always want to be able to get to innovation. If I can get from hopelessness, denial, and the, you know, the hit of whatever that hard moment did to me in the business, right. but I can keep my eyes on the prize, yes. which is acceptance and innovation. I then can pull the business out and I don't give myself an unrealistic, you have to find that half, you know, whatever that chunk of change is, you have to go find that tomorrow, Shannon. You're not going to be able to replace it. But I think when I look at the innovation piece, I start to really get super focused and, and start to make some very substantial promises on my, you know, my to-do list of like, how are you going to get there? How are you going to replace this business? It's not going to be with one huge client like that was. That's impossible. So what do you need to do, Shannon, to keep the business moving, running, and not impact your staff? You may not hit that number, right? Come January, you may not. You may not be able to recoup all of that in one quarter. That happened in March. 
but I really just started to make some, some very tactical decisions of like, who can I reach out? Who knows who? Exactly. And, you know, we wound up getting 20 new clients versus one large client, which also meant a lot more moving parts, right? So 20 clients versus one, you're using time differently. Right. So it wasn't as lucrative as that one client was, but that also I have to give myself like the awareness that that client was built over 14 years, Shannon. So to think that you're going to replicate that in 20 clients, the efficiency and the revenue and the profit is not possible. So do what you can. And I'm proud that like we came up short just, I think we came up like 10% short of our number last year, despite that. So you know, I think that having the focus, having the acceptance, allowing yourself to be in that feeling, that moment in order to generate a plan is super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this is such a great commentary. And for our listeners that are kind of those entrepreneurial executives, let's just say you are a director in a major organization like a CBS or something mm-hmm. like that. And you're going through it right now and there's pressure on you mm-hmm. about that change, about that budget problem that you're having, about that new way of doing things, right? The 20 clients versus this and versus the one nice big one. I went through that back in 2004 and it's not nice, right? Mm-mm. But we learn to diversify and we mm-hmm. learn to change. And I'm so tired of, well, we're just moving in the other direction or we're just mm-hmm. going to pivot Talk to us about that because I know you have something to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's really interesting. So we work with a lot of brands at different pieces and places. And sometimes brands hire us internally to help be an extension of their creative teams or brand or strategy teams. Other times they come in and they need us for like the whole turnkey solution. But I think, yeah, I recently, you know, reiterated, you know, it hasn't, I'm not the first to say this statement, but I do feel like during this pandemic, which has been another, to answer your first question earlier, I would say that loss of a client in 2019 was tough. I thought 2020 was going to be this magical year of coming through some new newness. And then here's what we're hit with. I know. So we kind of got a double whammy at Clever. But I think that seeing where we are right now, even more so, Clever is pitching more opportunities. Those opportunities you know, the qualified lead looks different these days. And that leads me to the statement of like, we've gotten a lot of these responses to the pitches and the RFPs and the proposals we've put out there to people who've inquired about our services. And the line that we always get, not always, but 80% of the time is we've gone in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And it's an easy line to copy paste. Okay. And, And, you know, it's an easy expression. It's, is it kind? I don't know how kind mm. it is. It's, it's professional, you know, it's professional because it, but it's also, it's a little bit elusive. Like it yeah. kind of elicits a bit of an eye roll for me because what it says to me is, you know, you've asked me, my team to answer a potential opportunity that is a problem in your organization or a need. I've given you time and energy and a high level thoughtful response. Right. I, as a human being, not a CEO of a brand agency, in return, I would really appreciate a little bit more creative thinking, critical thinking, or a thoughtful response so right. that I could actually grow from a no. Mm-hmm. That's nice. But if you just give me no, 
I don't have any specifics of what went wrong. And so I did write this article recently on Adweek because I want clients and or partners, agencies, vendors, whomever, insert here, who solicit agencies of any scale. You know, we're only 10, Anne. We're private, independent, women-owned brand firm. But there's also, you know, agencies who get that response, I'm sure, that are a lot larger. It's at the end of the day, you just are looking for clarity, you know, and I want, I believe that in every moment there's a learning and there's a growth opportunity, mm-hmm. but a response like that kind of shuts the door and doesn't allow the person who receives the no to know how to grow from it. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's great, Shannon. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear, but a thunderstorm, I am in South Florida, right? Oh, the thunderstorm no. just brewed up and <gasps> it's almost like it's giving, it's like, as you're talking, there's the thunder. <laughs> it's like, it's like we have sound effects now on the podcast. Like I've just elevated the podcast I by nature. It. That's fabulous. That's and it's amazing. so true because I'm, I'm really feeling what you're saying from mm-hmm. an organically hurt point where I've gone through and have spent that time with a big pharma client and they were the ones that reached out to me. And then there's those, you know, like you said, it's human being working with human Mm -hmm. being or at least business working with business. And yes, we're both businesses, but they know we're the little business. They know that they're Mm -hmm. a 150,000 person company or a 500 person company or, you know, Mm -hmm. what have you could be a small biotech, a big company, whoever it is coming to you, they know that that might not be the right and nicest answer. I've gotten mm. even worse than that. I've gotten mm. to the point where they just don't even bother to answer that. Like they ghost you. Even Yeah, they ghost you. They, they don't even bother to answer that last email. And that's not kind. So, mm. so maybe you've been through this where a client will actually come to you and ask you for a contract or a proposal rather. Mm-hmm. And you do all the work on the proposal. And you, you know, there's the transparent way to do an RFP and you know you're part of the RFP and you have a chance to pitch to a team. And then there's the ones that are kind of shady and they're like behind the scenes and nobody except Mm -hmm. for that one person knows that they're getting all this information and and I have given it anyway. Mm -hmm. And And all I can think of is the more I give, the more I receive because that's something in my core. Yep. That's something down to my beliefs. That's something that I feel mm-hmm. is all the way down to my, you know, beliefs and faith. Mm-hmm. And that goes down to the Bible, like as you sow, you shall reap. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, it takes the fear out of it. Would you agree with that statement of oh, totally. let's just move forward anyway, because there, we're tapping into something that's a higher value or a higher principle or a deep, deep rooted belief mm-hmm. that we can stand on principles and move past that anyway. But I loved what you said because you said, you know, I could do no. What did you say again? Repeat that. I could do no better or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, I can grow from a no. I can grow for a no. I love it. But if you don't tell me of something, you know, where the key decision maker's nervous because they never heard of Clever or be risky, did you decide to keep it in house? Was the proposal point of view very different than your internal vision? Was Mm -hmm. it budget related? Did you choose to work with someone else who was local to avoid travel costs? Like literally give me something because I think that you also recognize that there's a team internally who passionately put out some really high level thinking. You know, we don't do spec work, but we do put out a proposal that's bespoke and tailored and thoughtful. And so again, our intention is that that's the return. But I think we learn from some of those notes. 
when we get those responses, it also says a lot about the person who's sending it. And maybe that isn't the best business for us to align with. If that's someone's decision to reply in that way, and that's their practice, then maybe that doesn't align with their values at Clever. And so Mm -hmm. I do start to think about that. You know, I don't take it personal. I just am always curious and I would love to kind of change that paradigm shift of really retiring that phrase and people to really think about putting a little more effort into letting that reciprocation, that the person who's receiving that email to have a better understanding because I think it also creates a mutual admiration and respect. So even if you get the no and you don't have the project, I then look at that brand and that company as a company that behaves in a manner that I respect. Yes. Yeah. So good. So good. I I hope our listeners really learn from this today because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that if I had to take one thing that you said today, it was really at the very core there's values. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's all about because that's what a brand should show you. It's not like your mom walking into the store or me walking into a store and saying, I like those colors or I like that, you know, Mm -hmm. that label on a bottle or on a package. Mm -hmm. It's so much more about what they are, who they are, what they represent, who they're trying to nurture, Mm -hmm. who they're trying to sell to and what solution that they're bringing to the table. So really a fantastic. Yeah. And I think we're just, we're just in a new moment and an inflection point for brands Mm -hmm. that they need to think about creating a new system as a new way to communicate because we're in a new era of human communication right now. And we have to acknowledge that paradigm shift and inform the future way that we as a brand speak, whether it is just you need assistance on your visual identity, or maybe you do need to enroll an internal team, or as you say, energize, re-energize. Enrolling an internal team to believe in who you are is equally as important to spending the money for consumer-facing messaging. Like if you don't know how you speak within your own walls, you can't expect those who serve your brand to do it efficiently and cohesively outside of your walls. So investing in your mission, vision, value work is equally important. Clients come to us for that too. So it really just is your full expression is so, so important these days. Yep. I love it. We, we do such similar things, but to totally different, Mm. you know, it just sounds like you speak my language and I love that. (laughs) So I know that somebody listening is going to get it. And I think that we've been able to today really talk to anybody out there, whether Mm. they're in a company, they're outside of a company, they're starting their own project, there's fear. And there's been a lot of fear in this year. Mm -hmm. And that fear can just be diminished when you align your values the right way. So Shannon, thank you so much for your participation today and welcome to the Corpreneur community. Thank you. I'm just really proud to have you as our latest Corpreneur. Well, thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. And I just, again, I'm so passionate about the world that I get to commit to as a creative and love talking about it and helping anyone in any shape or form. So I welcome your community to reach out in any, any stage of their careers as well or their growth of their brands. Love it, Shannon. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave me a rating and review. If you are ready to make your move to entrepreneurial freedom and success, success? then take action now. Head over to my website, anarvizu.com and get our most requested free download. Your 10-step corporate to freedom checklist is a transformational self-assessment tool that will help you visualize and create a life and business you truly deserve. Until next time, stay centered, open, resilient, and energized. energized.